Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help to get more people into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Numbers 14 through 15. What really upsets you? I mean, what is it that really offends you? Offends you to the core of who you are because it's offensive to your identity, to to who you believe yourself to be. What could somebody do to you that would offend you in that way? Well, have you ever thought about this? What offends God the most? What, What is it that truly offends God to his core and is an affront to his character and all that he is? Perhaps the main answer that we will see to that in our reading today is unbelief. And as we see the answer to that question, we're going to see the key to this book of numbers and really the key numbers that hold the center of this book between these two censuses that bookend this book. As we look really at numbers 13 yesterday and numbers 14 today, we see what really is the crux of the book, the hinge on which the book turns. Let's review a little bit from yesterday. The 12 men go in to spy on Canaan, and they see that it is a great land, that it is a land flowing with milk and honey. But then they come back, and 10 of the spies say, We can't do it. The people are too big. They even exaggerate. Uh, We saw at the end of uh, the reading yesterday, they're they're saying things like the land devours its inhabitants, comparing them to the Nephilim and saying, we are like grasshoppers. We cannot do it. We talked about how they were maximizing their problems and minimizing the Lord. And what I want us to see today is that minimizing of the Lord is so offensive to God. Unbelief, a failure to believe what God has said is a slap in the face to who God is. Let's pick up the story. They've given this exaggerated report and we it goes right into verse 1 of chapter 14. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Now notice this next phrase they say, Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Just Hit the pause button and think about that. Let's go back to Egypt. And then they even say, let us choose a leader and go back. God did these amazing plagues. God brought the people out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. God parted the Red Sea. God came to them in thunder and darkness at Mount Sinai and And made a covenant with them. And they said, what you say, God, we will do. And now they're saying, let's go back. Let's choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Do you see how that could be offensive to God? 
And then Moses and Aaron, they fall on their faces. And then it's Joshua and Caleb. Those are the two good spies. Joshua, uh, you know, we, we see a lot of that'll be a whole book of the Bible talking about Joshua and his leadership. But it is Joshua and Caleb who try to stand against this. They tear their clothes and they say the land which we possessed through to spy it out. It is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land. So they're basically saying God is with us. And the last thing they say is their protection, the people in the land, is removed from them. And the Lord, Yahweh, is with us. Do not fear them. So they are trying to, like we talked about yesterday, instead of maximizing the problems and minimizing the Lord, what we really want to do is maximize the Lord. And that's exactly what Joshua and Caleb are trying to do before the people. God is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But look at what it says the people do. They are getting ready to stone them with stones. And that's when God says, enough. And he says, but the children, the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. So do you see there how a failure to believe in God equals despising God? How long will they not how long will they despise me, he says? How long will they not believe in me? He says, kind of equating those things, not believing in God is despising God. Now let's personalize that. Do you ever fail to believe God? Do you ever, in spite of all the things that you have seen God do and all the things that you have read about in the Bible God doing, do you ever fail to believe God? Well, then guess what? You are despising him in that moment. That, that lack of faith, that lack of trust, that lack of belief is so offensive to God. And I want you to see that as such a central and important message to the book of Numbers. And then, like we saw with the golden calf, we see Moses appeal to God. We see Moses intercede, put himself between the people who God has now said, I'm going to wipe out, and God. And in a very similar way, he appeals to God. He appeals to God's honor and character, number one, and he appeals to God's word or promises. I mean, he goes on to say, well, you know, what will people say? Verse 16, it is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land that he swore to give them that he has killed them in the wilderness. God, you won't be honored if you wipe out this people because people will say you weren't strong enough. And then he goes on to remind God of his word. And he goes back to when God revealed his glory to him. And he says, let the power of the Lord be great as you have promised, saying the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. So please pardon the iniquity of, of this people. He goes back to the character of God. So when you are interceding for someone else or another group of people, I think Moses gives us the template to follow. You need to appeal to God's honor and character, and you need to appeal to God's promises and his word. This is the pattern that we see in Moses. 
So God does uh, relent and and he says, I have pardoned the the sin. He's not going to wipe out the entire people, but he makes it clear the people that have seen what he did in Egypt and yet have put him to the test. He says these 10 times. So he's not just even talking about their failure of faith here at this moment, but just this continued failure to trust God, failure to believe him. He says they are going to die in the wilderness. And in verse 29, he says, your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness and of all your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward, whom have grumbled against me, not one shall come into the land, which I swore that I would make you dwell except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh and Joshua, the son of Nun. So there's the key number in the book of numbers. It's two. Out of just over 600,000 warriors who are numbered in this census, only two of them will make it into the promised land. That's Joshua and Caleb because it says earlier in verse 24, they had a different spirit and specifically Caleb, it says, he followed me fully. That's what God wants. Do you want to be like Joshua and Caleb? Then you need to follow God fully with a full trust and a full faith in him. And then in verse 31, uh, referencing back to the beginning where they say, our wives, our little ones will become a prey. God says, but your little ones whom you said would become prey, I will bring in and they shall know the land that you have rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness. And then it goes on to say that the 10 bad spies, they all die immediately by a plague before the Lord. And then the end of the chapter shows that the repentance of the people is not really genuine because they're basically, they, they show up ready for battle. Oh, okay. Well, okay, we'll go now. We'll, we'll go invade the land. And God says, no, it, it's it's too late. And they don't say, okay, God, we'll, we'll take the punishment you have given. They attempt to go to battle and it does not go well for them. It's not real repentance. So chapters 13 and 14 are are the hinges on which the book of Numbers swings. And the key number is two. Two out of all the warriors numbered will make it into the promised land because of a failure of faith, because of unbelief, which means despising the Lord. And this that's what I want you to dwell on most today. How is it that you might be tempted to to fail in faith, to even turn back or head back in some way from the Lord. That, that's despising the Lord. That dishonors him greatly. But faith, when we trust God and follow him, God loves that and God honors that. And I hope you don't think of numbers as just some boring book. I, I hope you remember this critical lesson about faith that is right at the heart of this book. Now, chapter 15 gives us more laws about sacrifices. And one thing you notice at the end, there's offerings for this unintentional sin. But verse 30, the person who does anything with a high hand, whether he is a native or a sojourner, reviles the Lord, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Just a knowing disregard and defiance of God. God says, I will not put up with that. Uh, that's interesting how it even differentiates differentiates between that unintentional sin and this high-handed sin, which is then shown in someone intentionally breaking the Sabbath and they are executed. You end with this instruction about tassels, and these tassels were meant to be a visual reminder not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you are inclined to whore after. 
So you shall remember and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. I remember a point in my life where this specific passage in Numbers 15 prompted me to to put up some visual reminders around me to remind me not to go after my own desires and my own impulses, but that I was holy to the Lord. I hope we all, and maybe that's helpful to do some things today to remind yourself, I'm not going to go after my own desires. I am set apart for God. But I, I hope you see why I think the book of Numbers is so underrated because the numbers themselves, even though I think warriors would be a little more of a compelling title, the numbers, when you understand what's going on, the numbers, they tell a powerful story. The numbers tell a story of a whole army that that lacked faith and how that dishonored God and how out of that whole vast number, only two made it into the promised land. May we follow in the footsteps of Caleb and Joshua. May we follow God fully by faith. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.